Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jen Stanley. And I'm Jill Super. And today we are doing a mirror mirror on the wall when to go to counseling. Yes. So we're going to talk more about when you know to do that, like to pursue counseling. Yes. But but like normal, before we do that, we have some, some updates for you. So um, talk about our event we just had. We just had a mirror mirror on the wall event. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of attendees. We had a lot of really great feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, we really took some opportunity to dive really really deep into some of the self awareness topics that we've been talking about here on the podcast. Uh, and we had a, a really really productive. I think so. Like weird to say productive, but it was a really productive Saturday evening. Well, and we had some new people that came and were they expressed like they were kind of yeah. surprised that they liked it. Yeah, right. They weren't, yeah. They weren't really sure <laughs> what to expect. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm glad we did this. Right. You know. So like we they even participated. Absolutely. So we. <laughs> We asked some hard questions and like had them reflect on that. And so we we may review the content of those at some point um, on the podcast. But um, but it was a good event, like being able to look into those things. Yeah, it was. Our next one for February is our Galentine's event. Mm -hmm. It is a combined event for mini muffins and Busted Biscuits. So we are looking for both littles and bigs (laughs) to come. (laughs) And so um, that's also at the Dixonville Wesleyan Church. It's on Valentine's Day at 630. And so if you're interested in coming to that, we want moms and daughters to come or grandmas and daughters and friends to come. So like whoever. Aunts, neighbors. Bring them on. Bring your important Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, you need to be a human though, no animals. (laughs) So um, no puppy dogs, even if they are your Galentine. Um, So if you're interested in signing up for that, you can find that on our website, Mm -hmm. bestedbiscuits.com. US and then there's also on our um Facebook our, yes. and Instagram. Yep, you can find it. So we would love for you to join us on Valentine's Day. We are asking like the people to bring a, a, a dish to share so that like that's how we're making this a no cost event. Yes. It's like bring your food to share and that will feed everyone. And then we've got some fun things planned. We've been working with Cherish about that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've planning. Had, some, had a good time planning. Yeah, we yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely did. So Okay, so we also have our, our um, conversation card questions today. Mm-hmm. So we've, we picked some good ones. So go first, Jill. What's one of your questions? Uh, what do you still have from childhood? Okay, so I have a, a little monkey. His name is Gonga. It's a little blonde monkey um, <laughs> from, from the 70s, right? So uh, the story is that when I was little and like couldn't even talk, my mom and I were at a um, a hotel. My dad was like working, and so we had gone with him to work. And so like he was doing whatever he needed to do during the day. And then we were hanging out with him in the evening, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then mom and I were doing our thing. Well, I guess we had, we're wasting time. We went through this to the gift shop and I saw this monkey and I wanted it. And my mom told me, no, you can't have it. And so apparently the story goes that um, when my dad got done with his, his meetings, like that, I took him by the finger, pushed Aww. the button on the, <laughs> the elevator to go down, took, pulled him into the, the gift shop and pointed to this monkey. And so he bought it for me. Aww. And my mom's like, we're in trouble. If you, <laughs> you know, if you, this is, it's like, this is the first thing she ever asked for. Right. right? So it won't be the last. <laughs> right. That's for sure. Right. And so, and he's so I still have it. It's in a drawer. Aww, and so I have my own so gonga to yeah, reminding me of that. So, so sweet. what about you? Do you have anything? Um, gross, gross one. Oh. Um, we were cleaning out my mom and dad's house. Yes. After my mom passed and they were getting ready to move and I found my tonsils. What? <laughs> from from Jill. when I was like young, that's weird young. they put them in wax and they used to give them to you so you'd have them and like they take your adenoids and they'd put them on slides and you like the little red dye on the slide they'd give them to you Jill that is so why. weird what what I have no idea why I don't know if I even throw them away or if I kept them I don't know where they're oh at my right gosh <laughs> they could still be in my house maybe <laughs> <laughs> that, that is super weird yeah, that's well. super weird <laughs> It's really not though, but there's probably 
what? people who are listening that have them. Why? It was a thing. They gave them away. They well, gave them I'm, to you to keep. In wax. To preserve them in wax. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's just weird. That's super weird. Okay. You okay. have your adenoids from childhood. <laughs> <laughs> adenoids, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Go ahead. Next question. Okay. So what ho- household disaster happened to you? I don't really have a good one for this. Okay. I mean, we had a flood. Oh. It was just terrible. Um, and my, <laughs> I lost all my pictures, all my kids, uh. like all my, st- all their stuff. And they were, they were like, hmm, like five, six, seven, eight in that range. Okay. Um, and to this day, they all think that they are adopted or make fun of me and regularly remind me that they are adopted because I have no baby pictures. <laughs> oh, <of them. laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> It's, it's I, a joke, I guess. Well, but, but you know, I do think that's one thing that we lose that you can't replace. Yeah, like you when can. those are gone, they're gone. You it, know, I, it still bothers me. Like yeah. it does make me a little bit like sad and weepy when I think about it. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's you know, somebody yeah. somewhere has pictures of my kids, and I'll just have to trust that I'll get them someday. Well, and like Todd has the same experience. Like his house was burned down, and so like he oh, lost all his right. pictures too. So he barely has any either. Yeah. That's so right. um, okay. so that's been his experience. So like when people ask like, what's what are you gonna grab when your free house is on fire? It's like my photo. that are with printed photos and this computer that has all these pictures on it i'm driving so we can't get them back anyway i told my husband if we ever get a fire safe that's the first thing that's going in there before anything oh that's a good idea okay so mine so what's the household disaster that happened to me so uh so i was babysitting once up the street and um i was trying to be helpful and so i had put the dishes in the dishwasher and so (laughs) they didn't have any like you know, dishwasher soap, like Cascade or anything, but they did have like Dawn dish soap. <laughs> and so say, dishes are dishes, right? Okay, no. And so I put the Dawn, the Dawn dish soap into the dishwasher and like it started and it was fine. And then all of a sudden the bubbles just started oozing. They just started coming out like all over the floor. Like, it, and I'm like, I called my mom panicking and like, mom, this just happened. You know, you have to come up here you have to help me. <laughs> help and so, me. so she came up and she's like laughing because that's how my mom responds to crisis as she laughs. <laughs> and so I probably, <laughs> honestly, I probably got that from her. And so like, we're cleaning it up and I'm like humiliated. And I'm like, this mom is going to never have me back as a babysitter Aww. again. Uh, but it turns out like she was a home ec teacher. And so like she said, she had done that at her job at school. And so she was super <laughs> understanding about it. But I was like, I'm so stupid. I didn't know. That's Even so the home ec teacher did. Right. It. So there right. you go. So she was yeah, very kind to me. But I mean, listen, that thing bubbled forever. Oh, I'm for sure. Ever. <laughs> like, sure. Forever. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> okay. What's your next question? Um, do you have any crazy neighbors? Uh, well... Kind of. So we had a like a crazy neighbor event that happened. So it's okay, been it's been a little while. It's kind of back summertime ish. Mm, yeah. yeah, it was in the summer. So like I woke up and I heard like this. I thought someone had opened had a phone like their phone was open and like this um like maybe they had a video that was playing over and over you know like a a reel that keeps replaying because I kept hearing mm-hmm. this statement and I was like what what's going on and it kind of woke me up and I was trying to figure out what was going on and so. Uh, the short version is like I went because I was walking around in my bedroom, like going to the door, the windows, like, what is this? And so then I hear this, this, they call this person, the neighbor by name and says, this is the FBI. <laughs> we have a warrant. And, and I'm like, what? And so I look out the window and like the SWAT team is out there. And like, they have, they have like this, um, I don't know. They had a tank out there that they're, you know, busting oh down the door. Gosh. Yeah, for real. And so I'm like, Todd, Todd, get up, get over here. Like, you know, it's like, it's like five forty-five, six o'clock in the morning. It was really early. Did you and evacuate? No, I stared out the window to see what was going on. And I tried to video it. And my video angle was really bad. 
But like I wanted to go to the front porch. Like so Todd and I are in the attic. And so I I had a fairly good view from like being up high. But I was like, I wanted to go out there. But it's like, what happens if I get shot? So I just watched So I just watched Crossfire. Yeah. So I just stayed in the attic and just watched and like leaned out to see as much as I could see it. But it was crazy. It was crazy. So So, the guy wasn't home. So he wasn't there. (laughs) All that for nothing. All yeah, absolutely nothing. So yeah, so that was a crazy neighbor situation. Maybe crazy neighborhood. Yeah. You have a crazy neighbor. I don't. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. You have a neighbor that like just watches everything. I tell every time I come by, which BT dubs, I have been inside Jill's house a few times. (laughs) I think I reported that before, but we've talked about how I'd never been in your house. And then we've done since done better, like since around Christmas, I guess. Yes. Okay. So I've been over there a couple of times now. And so then every time I come, like the dude is outside watching. He's watching me come to your house. I'm like, he does stare a little bit. Yeah. He's well informed. If you want to know something, you go, you yeah, talk to him. Because he stands out and watches everything. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah. All right. It made me feel I like weird. Him. I was like, Jill, your neighbor's watching me. He's, he's watching not, me. He's not crazy. It's, it okay. is a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He I likes to sit on his front porch and watch people. Oh, and I probably to need to like wave at him next time and go get his you name should, so yes. I can say hello. Yes. But yeah, I definitely feel watched in your neighborhood. <laughs> It's, it's our neighborhood watch program Definitely, for real you don't even have signs posted but no. it's just happening okay so my last question is what's your least favorite exercise mm, i think i said mountain climbers yeah so mine is burpees <laughs> burpees are terrible like they i hate them yeah and so like they're i'm pretty sure they're from hades and like so they're named after a guy named burpee like i saw a reel about that like his oh, last really? name was burpee yeah and i'm almost certain that his first name was lucifer <laughs> because they're so demonic <laughs> they're terrible somebody go google that because okay, it's i'm pretty a, sure that's not right. okay it is hyperbole <laughs> it's a lie but they might as well be because burpees are awful they are awful. oh my goodness i, I would not disagree well and I, i'll add to that like in um i guess it was in elementary school like like middle school like that was the punishment like if you got in trouble like you had like to do like 15 20 burpees and so, like, I was kind of conditioned for burpees to be terrible because it's like it was, oh, you have to do burpees, and then you show up at like CrossFit and like do burpees, and like I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you making me do burpees? You know, it's like they're awful. They're awful. Okay, okay. So okay. that's our yeah interesting facts for us today. So, <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Jill? So today we are talking about when to go to counseling. Um, so we've talked uh, off and on in, in a lot of our episodes about, you know, seek counseling, seek a mentor, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really wanted today to focus on why you would or when you would go to counseling, like when you would make that decision. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of go through some of the things and, and talk a little bit about where you end up, um, you know, in your in the process as you're working through it. We've talked a lot about self-awareness. We've given you a lot of opportunity to kind of self-evaluate, self-assess, um, and just try and figure out where, where you're at and what you're, you know, Mm -hmm. what you need to move forward from, uh, in some cases, what hurts do you have and so forth. Yeah. Um, and so counseling a lot of times is a way for you to be able to just kind of talk it out with someone who is objective, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and I think one of the reasons you brought this up was because we wanted to kind of debunk the stigma Yes. Of counseling. Absolutely. Because like, you know, back in the day, like I would say before medication was really good and solid. Like if you had a problem, like you got sent to an asylum or, you know, or the loony bin, that's where that term came from. Right. And so then, or you, a home, like you would, the families would be like, okay, we don't know what to do with you. So go live here. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the families would come visit and sometimes they wouldn't. Right. Right. And it wasn't until like the sixties or so where like they medication got developed. And so they were able to manage like mental health symptoms in a better way. Mm -hmm. And then we had this like, 
like the deinstitutionalization of the mentally ill. So like you no longer had to live in a, in a, a, an asylum or that kind of group setting because like medication was able to help you manage your symptoms. You could live independently. Right. And so then you got to move into the community. Like they, they created scenarios and, and, um, supports Mm -hmm. so that that could happen. And so, but when that happened, like there was still a stigma for getting help with mental health symptoms, right? They're like, you know, only crazy people do that. You know, like you have to be really messed up in order to get counseling or get to get therapy. And like slowly that's changing. Yes. And so, like, I would think the generation, like, that's older than than us, like, Mm -hmm. um, like 60s and older, they still struggle with the idea of counseling. They're like, why are you going? What's wrong with you? You know, like, they don't understand that. Like, that's not 100 percent across the board, but you see a a resistance to that for an older generations. Um, But the younger generation, like, they're all about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll have people in here in my office that like they'll they'll snap from their, and they're like in therapy, you know, (laughs) you know, they'll send it to their friends. Like, you know, I'm sorry, I got a therapy appointment. Like it's totally cool and awesome that they have a therapist. Right. And so like, there's a whole, there's a shift in that, but like, you don't always see that across the board. Right. And so, um, do you feel like there's a stigma? Have you seen that play out? Well, I would say I'd have to agree with you because the, you know, growing up when you were talking about the deinstitutionalization of, Mm -hmm. of, um, people because they were better managed with medication and they can live independently that was kind of the point at which you were like you and and I I know this is going to come sounding sounding wrong so uh-huh. please don't think I'm I'm judging or or yeah. being negative in any way but they're they're in your everyday life and you sometimes they would have significant enough problems that you would be able to kind of identify that right oh, okay, like you yeah. could see you could see some of the symptoms that were maybe controlled but but were still present mm-hmm. and so you you were like oh that that's not me that's not me and you try and like you know not identify with any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you truly had some of those diagnoses that maybe were like mental health diagnosis, mm-hmm. it, it just made it, it just made you feel like I, that's not something I want to be. Right? right. And so people would push that off and be like, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And kind of hold it at arm's length. Right. And to your point nowadays, you know, we, we have, there's a lot of talk about feelings and uh-huh. being in touch with your feelings and what that means. And sometimes you need help processing those feelings. And right. so, it's, it's not necessarily that you have a mental health diagnosis anymore. It's really about making sure that you have a way to process what you're feeling. Right. Um, and so there's, there's all different types of, you know, care providers now that help deal with all the different, all the different aspects of mental health care. Definitely. And so like, I think I've been in counseling like, oh, four different times. I started to say three, but there's four different times. So like I, um, I did counseling when I was still in college. Like I remember, um, going and getting some support for some like family junk that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Todd and I did premarital counseling. And then, um, I did, we had some marriage counseling, probably 2012. And then, um, then I did my own like individual here in Pennsylvania, like probably 2017 or so. Okay. So there's been episodes of, um, of counseling or therapy that I've been a part of. And like, that is gold. Like, you know, that was, it's so important to do those things. I remember like the first time I went, like my parents were kind of like, really? Like you need to go to counseling? Like, you know, like (laughs) what's so bad that you have to go talk to someone about it, right? And so like that's early 2000s or so, you know? And so like now I don't think they would think anything about that, you know? Um, I think that they've kind of changed their opinion of those things for sure. And so, but um, I I think we need to fight against the stigma of it Mm -hmm. because it doesn't mean that you're jacked up or that you're broken or that you're like sick. It just means like, you, you can, you're going to try to grow. 
Yeah. Right. That's really what Absolutely. it's about. And so like, I think everyone can survive without therapy and counseling. I don't think you have to have it, but I think you could live a much fulfilled life if you pursued it. Like okay. if you went and talked to someone okay. about what's going on, I think you can make things better always. You know, I would so, agree. I would agree. so like you'll survive without it, but you know, why would you want to? Why would you want to? Why <laughs> right? would you do that to yourself? Right. Just, just go talk it out and get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you think about like when, what are, when should they go? What are you thinking about that? Well, I think there's some, some areas that we've kind of touched on previously, but we're going to kind of list them all here together in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one I really feel, um, I feel like even for my life was where I ended up, you know, going to counseling for a little bit was when I felt stuck. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I didn't, I, I couldn't figure out how to progress. Right. Um, so I like, I had, I didn't know if it was something with my identity. I didn't know if it was something that was holding me back that I hadn't healed from. I didn't know. I just didn't know what it was. And I really just felt stuck where I was at. And so you know, I've, I've done the reflection. I've done, I d- had done the self evaluation and the self assessment. Um, but there was still something that I was holding on to, and I didn't know what it was. And so I thought I, I don't have any op- other opportunity. Now I will say for me, uh, as far as my history with counseling uh-huh. goes, uh-huh. I, when I was very young, my mom, you know, had a lot of issues with my mom. And so she forced me into counseling, um, probably th- I think three different times uh-huh. and each time I'd go for a visit or two and then they'd be like, yeah, we don't need to see you anymore. And I was like, why do I have to keep going? Yeah. <laughs> and so I had a negative taste in my mouth from, from that, Those that experience yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in my life. And so I was really put off by counseling and I was kind of of the mindset that I've been told it's not me. I'm not, I'm not going back. I don't need it. And so I, you know, internalize all of the things, but you can only go so far in your own head mm-hmm. to be very honest. You can only go so far. You're only going to be able to process what you know and what you've learned yeah. um, in the way that you know, and that, that you've learned. And so I, I always, I'm so big on saying, I'm using that word perspective, right? You have to gain perspective in life on how you, how you handle things and how you deal with things and what the way that you're looking at them. And so eventually, you know, it was maybe what, two years ago. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, something like that. I came in to see you for a a few sessions and and really it just made all the difference in the world to be able to have somebody hear what I had to say and just be like, oh, well, did you ever think of this? Uh And then and then you you look at them and you're like, no. (laughs) And my world just changed because of it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's good. That's a good thing. Well, and and I think part of like how you know you're stuck is like that you um, that you keep talking about the same thing or you keep coming back to the same topic. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you've talked to your spouse or you've talked to your your significant other. You've talked to your best friends. You've you know, you've talked to people that you're kind of close with and like you but you still don't feel like you've overcome it. I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of a sign that you're stuck. I would agree. You know, or it, it may be like you're getting the same feedback when you're talking about it. You Very know, like true. you're going, hey, you know, I feel like this is something that you're dealing with. Or, hey, you know, you seem to be really dealing with grief. Like you seem to not be over the death of your your friend, whatever it is. Right. Like if you're hearing the same like topic, it's going, okay, so this is kind of permeating your life way more than you knew yeah. it was. Yeah. And so then you have to like consider that. Okay. Should I get someone else? Should I get an outside party to come look at that or to come to process that with? Absolutely. I think one of the other things is it kind of ties into that. Sometimes we get to the point where we realize we've talked so much about it with our friends Uh that we start to hide it, Mm. but we haven't let it go. And so we we haven't really processed through it to, to understand how to let it go. Right. And so we just kind of hide it and it, it stays inside and it, but it really, 
directs it, it does it festers and it directs all of your interactions and your thoughts and it, mm-hmm. it, it can kind of take over if you try and internalize that and hide it well and i think if you catch yourself saying to your friend like i know we keep talking about this but yeah you yeah. know <laughs> like that's a that's a sign that like you know yeah. like we keep we keep coming back to this topic and so yes. like i know i know i brought this up last time but can we talk about it again you know mm-hmm. when you feel uncomfortable having to bring it up again i think that's yeah. probably a good sign that you need to go to counseling or you know and get someone else to talk about that for exactly. sure so I think also when you like, you know what needs to change, but you don't know how. Yeah. Like, I think a good example might be like, if I'm talking poorly to my spouse, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I recognize that I'm, I'm snippy and snappy, but like, <laughs> I don't know how to change it. Yeah. You know? So I think that that would be a good reason. So sometimes, you know, why you're coming. Sometimes you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so being able to like, kind of really pay attention to that. Okay. So I know that I need to be nicer to my kids. I know that I need to manage my finances better. You know, I know that, um, I need to to have better health goals or, you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. is like, but I just don't know how to do it. Well, and that's the thing, right? Cause as we started off with it's objective and it's, it's really just a different way of doing things. A lot of times they can tell you, here's your homework, go home and do this. And you know, put these two steps and just try one thing or, mm-hmm. or here's two steps that you can take in order to try and try and change this a little bit and have a, a better impact in your life. Yeah. Well, and I think if you find that you're needing strategies for something like this could be for parenting or like, you know, communicating with your spouse mm-hmm. or even friendship stuff or having hard conversations at work. Absolutely. You know, like I just was talking to someone today about that. Like they needed to communicate something difficult to coworkers and like, okay, so here's a way to do that. And so like understanding like approaches, like sometimes like it may just be like, listen, I I just need to have an idea on how to do this. Yeah. And so then you, you that would be a reason to, to seek out counseling. Absolutely. What else you got? Well, I also think that when, when you notice that your symptoms are disrupting your functioning. Okay. And so like the best example for this would be like, so let's say someone has obsessive compulsive disorder. And so um, they check the doorknob five times before they leave and then they go out the door. Well, that's really not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, okay. So that's, they're able to go about their day. It's just kind of something that's there, but it's not really disruptive. It's just something right. that's happening. Right. Well, if you, same thing, if you're a doorknob checker and like you, it takes you 30 minutes to check the door and you're late for work every time, like now it's getting in the way of your functioning. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, okay, okay. So if you've got something that's, that's getting in the way, so maybe you're dealing with anxiety and you're mm-hmm. not wanting to leave your house. You know, that's or, a good one. Yeah. It's so yeah. common. Yes, absolutely. Or like, or you're depressed, mm-hmm. you're dealing with depression and you don't feel like you want to get dressed during the day or you don't want to have to shower, get out of the bed or leave your yeah. house or go do things. Yes. Right. You know, or, um, uh, I guess any number of those things, if you're, if you notice the problem, if you're not wanting to go to work, right. Because mm-hmm. like whatever problem that you're having to face at work just feels too big and you're not wanting to have to do that. Or like you're avoiding conflict. And so like you aren't going certain places cause you don't want to have to talk to a certain person. And so you, so like that's disrupting your functioning, Yeah, you know, so you got to be th- paying attention for that. Well, let me, let me just ask you a question on that. Yeah. And I don't know if we actually talked about that or we will talk about, it. I'm going to interject here. Sure. Um, that, that doesn't mean that, that, like to be in a, a period of depression because of something that's happening is a little bit different than, is it different than being diagnosed with depression? It can be. I'm like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that medication won't help you. Okay. You know, so that's kind of where I was going with this. Like is, uh, uh, would treatments be the same, even if it's a short term course of something? Um, a lot of times they are, it kind of okay. just depends on the severity of it, you know? And so sometimes it's just about like shifting your thinking. Sometimes you need Sometimes you need medication. And what I what I suggest with that is like sometimes everything's really cloudy. Mm-hmm. And so like what medication does is kind of like clears the clouds so that you can really see what's going on. Okay, I love that. And so um, sometimes you need to clear the clouds. Sometimes you don't. 
And so it, you know, it really just depends on the situation. And so, um, but like typically an episode of depression is going to last, um, you know, a good, like two weeks or so, you know, and so you like major depression, you're going to have some serious symptoms like poor motivation, your, your eating habits. Um, you're like, you feel hopeless, like tearfulness, um, like just not wanting to get out of bed, just, um, just really not having energy, you know, all, all those things. Well, but I guess what we're saying though, is that, you know, go see a counselor. Sure. That's the first step and have someone say, Nope, we're going to work through this together and we're going to get you where you need to be. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe, maybe we do need something else. Let's, let's layer in some other type yeah. of, of treatment. Okay. Well, and, and I would want to add that oftentimes anxiety and depression go hand in hand. Okay. That like it's, you don't, depression is thinking about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future. Mm. And so then you often have those things together. And so a a good indicator of anxiety is if you're having like, what if statements, like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, like that's that's worry. So like, if you're catching yourself saying that, like you're definitely like, there should be, there's anxiety components. Okay. And then I think a lot of times, uh, depression is, I wish, I wish this Uh, had happened. You know, why didn't this happen? Why, why, why? You know, those are those are indicators that depression is present. And um, so like those are definitely reasons to go and talk to somebody if you find yourself kind of consumed with those thoughts and you can and you can't shake them. Very true. Very true. And like they, they can be situational, like where you can like point to, OK, this is really what started this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's out of the blue and you don't really know. Well, like grief, I would think, you know, the yes. loss of something. Yes. Um, divorce. Yes. Those types of things, really something that you need to heal from. You know, we talked about that often, but but really need to to kind of get, um, get, you know, be able to talk it out with someone and work through because mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotions that come with, with those types of things. Definitely. Life, so. Well, and, and grief is something you definitely want to process. And so that could be something for counseling. I know there's a lot of like grief share places, you mm-hmm. know, where yep. like different groups and where you can kind of do that, um, with other people yeah. and so that you aren't like having to, to grieve alone. And Love so that's that. definitely something yeah. that you would want to do. Um, but like divorce is definitely something. So either if your marriage is headed for divorce or that's like, a good point. Yeah. That's a great point because, you know, we talk about divorce being a loss, but divorce is yeah. something that you could prevent. Or Absolutely. <laughs> you can work through. You def- definitely can. And so like, don't be afraid to go to counseling. Something that irritates me that I see quite a bit is that like one of the spouses will ask for counseling and the other one will say, no, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And then like, then, you know, a few months go by or whatever. And then there's a separation and one, the, the spouse that asked for counseling is now ready to divorce. And then the other one's like, wait, 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 let's go to counseling. It's like, <laughs> dude, and that could be female too. Like I'm just using it like, you know, like you, like I gave you the opportunity to yeah. go. Why didn't you go? And so now, um, you, you should pay attention. If mm-hmm. one of the, the members of this relationship is saying we need counseling, pay attention to that. Because like, even if you think everything's fine, well, clearly the other party doesn't, right? (laughs) Very true. Right. And so if you're in this together and you're wanting to pursue healing and you want a healthy relationship, be willing to go. Like, what's the big deal? Like, why not come down and sit down and have counseling and talk about it? Because again, you have a third party Mm -hmm. that like can see things differently. They can speak into those things. And so like, if you want a healthy marriage, it's okay to have someone like point to things that need to heal. Yeah. So if your spouse is asking for counseling, say yes. Well, and I think sometimes too, it's really hard in the case of divorce, it's really hard to hear what you're not good at. Right. Mm, Yeah. But it's also like, once you hear it and you, and you get some advice on how to, um, you know, implement some small changes that Mm -hmm. will make a difference in how your spouse feels about you and hears and feels, you know, feels seen in the relationship and so forth. Um, I, I absolutely think that it would be worth it in the long run. 
Definitely. And so like, <laughs> if you've committed to your wife yeah. or your husband, like you've said, okay, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but now I'm not willing to go work through the problems that might be preventing me from spending the rest of my life with you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, come on here, you know? <laughs> and so honestly, like hopefully the counselor or the therapist that you're seeing will have the ability to kind of reframe things yeah. for you. So like, like if your spouse is saying, Hey, this is the problem that I'm having and you aren't hearing it to change. Hopefully the, the clinician can go, I hear, I hear what this person's saying. And so here's, here's a different way to interpret it. This is why this matters. You know, and so getting someone to like speak into that, I think is really a good thing. All right. Any other areas that you would say um, are, you know, other things that we can identify in life that would that would be a good reason to go to counseling? Well, I would definitely add like addiction. If you're dealing okay. with addiction, that would be important. I mean, you probably want to find a specialist, someone that has some experience with with addiction because right. there's often very specific things that need to, to take place in addiction counseling. Okay. Um, there's also like really good support groups that you can go to. Like very there's true. Celebrate yeah. Life, Celebrate Recovery. There's, um, you know... Alcoholics Anonymous, that kind of thing. So like there's definitely supports out there. So that might be another angle to pursue. Um, If you're struggling with your identity, I think that's a good one too. Like if you get lost either like from your job or from your family, from your spouse or like your stage of life, like we're, you know, who am I? If you're asking yourself like, who is this? Like, I think a lot of us, we end up like, getting to late thirties, early forties. And like, okay, so my life did not go how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> what do I do true. with that? Like, am I the yep. person I thought I was, you yeah. know, and like being willing to like really self-assess about that, I think is important. And then if there's just like a general dissatisfaction with life where you're just like, Bleh. <laughs> you know, like, I think that that's so okay. many of us get there. Right. Well, sure. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's important to get someone to talk about those things with you because it may be that they see something that you aren't seeing, you know, or they can say, okay, so what, maybe you're doing something that's causing you to be dissatisfied that you haven't realized, you know, but like, you want to have someone else to speak into it with wisdom about, okay, here's some changes that you can make. Love that. Um, so I know one of the other topics, I think, I think we've kind of covered all of the areas that we had, but one of the other topics that we're going to kind of transition into is what, what type of therapies out there, right? Like, so we, we are going to give two examples, secular and faith-based, right? and you're going to talk to us a little bit about that. Um, but, but what, what specifically should we expect? Like or yeah. what that, what that therapy is going to look like? Okay. Well, I think any therapy or counseling that you get is gonna, the similarities are going to be, you're going to come into their office and they're going to express to you. Like first they should tell you that what you say in this room is confidential. Yes. And like what Absolutely. you share with me, I'm not going to tell anybody. And so the, there's two um, exceptions to that. That's if you're going to harm yourself or someone else mm-hmm. and like you can't, won't agree to like no self harm. And the other one is if any kind of abuse is disclosed either that you've given, you've abused someone or abuse has happened to you, um, then we are mandated reporters. And so we, we are required to report that. So they should express that to you, that those are, those are the two times that like confidentiality can't be kept. And so, um, because it's really for the safety of someone. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure that, that we're making sure everyone has a healthy life. And so like, if they're experiencing some kind of abuse, like we need to to step in and do something about that. Um, And so, that would definitely be the same thing. Now, different styles are going to be different as far as like um, some clinicians may be really directive. They may um, give you instructions right away. Uh, they may give you homework um, or they may just may listen a lot. And just kind of like hoping that you just, just kind of discover things like it really depends on your style as a clinician as to what you're going to what's going to happen. But those first visits are really about gaining information. Okay. So the clinician is going to be asking questions or like allowing you to share what it is that you want to talk about. And um, like, I think that would be a very similar 
pattern no matter where you go to get counseling that that would you would see those same similarities okay now there's a difference um in like a, like faith-based counseling as, as well as like secular counseling. So the faith-based is going to be like kind of rooted in biblical principles. Like there's a, you, there may be prayer that happens. There will be scriptures that are shared. Like there will be things that say, Hey, this is what God says about these things. Um, also there should be using like general counseling knowledge. Right. And so yeah. like we said, all truth is God's truth. So there should be truth that's rooted in, in um, the different type of approaches. And so like when we're talking about, CBT, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy or DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy, like the different types of theories are out there. And so you can find those in a faith-based setting, but there should be like an added bonus to that. Like you're kind of adding on, like, not only is there truth here and here's, here's the approach we're going to have, but like, here's some scripture to help support that, you know? Okay. Um, and then with secular, that's, you're not going to have that, okay. you, you know, you're not going to have someone that's, um, that's going to give you really point you to, to your faith at all. Okay. And so I know some people get really concerned about, they really want a faith-based counselor or they're, they're kind of afraid of, of secular counseling. Cause like, I don't want them to like, you know, I don't know, shrink my bad, brain. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Bad ideas. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so like, I, I don't necessarily think that that's going to be true. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that you, whatever you're comfortable with, wherever you find someone that you're connected to, that's, that's really what's important. Okay. Now, if you find that you're going to secular counseling and they're, they're offering suggestions that like don't align with your faith, I think you need to pay attention to that. But I don't necessarily think you should be afraid of someone like that is, um, that doesn't declare that they're providing faith-based counseling okay. because I, I think that they are, that they have to be respectful mm -hmm. of where you're coming from. And so, um, and not like deter you from your belief system. If you feel like they are, then then you just don't continue with them. But um, I think you're pretty safe to look into both options. Okay. I don't know about that. Um, and then where do we find these counselors and what do we look for when we find them? Well, I do think it's important that you find someone that's experienced. Okay. Right. And so um, like you want to know that they've kind of been in the business for a little while or that they've at least had some training and that they're, um, that they're ready to, to, to pour into you and have something to offer you. Sometimes you may be looking for really specific specialties. You know, like if you're dealing with grief, maybe you want a grief counselor. If you've had trauma, maybe we didn't mention trauma being a reason. Oh no, yeah. But if you've had trauma that you might want to find a, a trauma specialist, you know, um, and, and looking to see kind of what they, the clinician feels the most comfortable with treating. Like I think that's important. Okay. And, um, and then you want to, you want to make sure you have a connection with them because okay. sometimes you can go and like, you don't feel connected. You know, like you go and like, eh, this didn't feel good. Or you go and you're like, oh my goodness, this was so great. I've benefited so much. And so you need to pay attention to that. Um, you might give it one or two times. Like if you aren't feeling connected, give them a second chance and kind of see if it's just an off day. Um, sometimes, you know, right away, like this isn't a good fit and, and you don't want to pursue that, you know, so. Um, instinct. But, yeah. Like if you feel like. Follow your instinct. If you feel good about it, I think you should continue that. Okay. Um, well, I guess we should clarify. You're, you're, it may be a little uncomfortable. So it's, it will be oh, okay, a little yeah. bit uncomfortable when you start, but that connection is what you're talking about when you say, right. Yeah, like like you want to make sure you feel heard. Mm. You want to make sure that they're validating your feelings, gotcha. you know, like, yeah, they may, they, it may be uncomfortable if they're like, like pulling information out of you or making <laughs> talk about things you may yep. not want to. Right. <laughs> Hello, pot. This is kettle doing that. Right. But, um, but you know, right away, if there's like a connection, okay. you know, you should know like this is going to work out or like, eh, I'm not feeling good about this. Okay. You know, I think that's important. Um, you can also ask for recommendations from your friends. 
Like yeah, I, I, think I think that's how I ended up here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Yay. That's good news. And so people know, right? They have, they've either have heard of someone that, that's been helpful or they've experienced someone themselves. And so asking for a friend to recommend is a really good idea. Okay. Now some like really solid, um, I guess professional ways to find people. There's a couple of things you can always look on your on your insurance card and kind of contact your insurance because if mm -hmm. you're going to someone that you're going to um, have insurance pay for, they should have a listing of the providers that are approved. Okay. And so they they sh if you can call them and maybe even go on a website, they should be able to give you names of people that are covered under your insurance. So that's one place to find them. Okay. Um, there's also, you can go on psychology today. And so a lot of, um, individual counselors, like private practice counselors will advertise on that website. So you go to that website and you click on find a therapist. And so then, um, you can like filter for location oh, and nice. specialty and stuff okay. like that and insurance even. And so then you can see now, oftentimes it'll say on there that they're not taking, they may not be taking clients. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to go ahead and like check anyway, because okay. I don't know how often people are contacting psychology today and updating, you know, that they're mm -hmm. taking new, not taking new, taking new, not taking new, like just go ahead and ask, you know, worst case, they they say no sorry but then you might find the person that you need so I think that that would be a good thing okay um and then also there's a, a, a counseling network um that would be it's a Deborah Felita counseling network Deborah Felita I said it wrong Deborah Felita counseling network and so um you, you google that and there's a list of, of counselors there that you can see through her network um and they would be faith-based counselors now okay. she does not take insurance and that organization does not take insurance and so it's all cash based but they have different levels of um of, of where you can connect to that person and so like i think the lower fee is 80 dollars, and then the higher one is like 150 and so it is it's it's cash based and it's all over zoom and so um so that would be that's, that's something else to consider is like do you, are you wanting face-to-face -face counseling or are you wanting it over zoom okay. you know sometimes it's a combination of both but yeah. if you're looking for faith-based and you can't find one in your area like like the network would be a good place to look for that okay um, I know we didn't really talk about this too much, but the all of those online website places that provide mm -hmm. it, it, what's what, what should we do in order to do like due diligence in order to make sure that they're the right they're like a good well, quality. Yeah, well, I think you read reviews. Okay, you know, and you see about that, you see like what the the um, the criteria is to be a, a provider there. Okay, you know, like that would be an important thing. I guess, like you were saying, like make sure that they have experience. And yeah, yeah, and if they have the credentials that mm -hmm. you're looking for, like I think that that's an important thing to know. Okay, um, and then I had another thought about it too um, about oh how about how many sessions you should expect. Oh yes, and so. It depends on your, if you're going through insurance, then there may be a limited amount that your insurance provider will pay for. Mm -hmm. um, so if you run out of those sessions and you want to continue, um, then you may have to pay out of pocket for okay. that, you know, or your if your provider like, you know, says something to your insurance, they may be able to get more sessions for you. So like, okay. you know, don't, don't let that deter you from like mm -hmm. going and getting counseling. Um, well, I will say sometimes they even give you, I think our insurance gives us like so many free sessions to be able mm. to connect yeah, yeah, with yeah. someone, find out if we actually have a connection and we'll mm -hmm. you know, feel like it's a comfortable fit. And then it goes on from there. But yeah, there's usually an, an employee assistance program. Yes. And so that's what you're talking about is that you would tap into a counselor and like they oh, would pay okay, for, yeah. pay for a few sessions. And mm -hmm. then, um, after that you can continue on, mm -hmm. on your own if you want to, yes. you know, so, um, and it really depends on how long, like, 
like what's going on in your life as to how long you go. You know, like you might just go for six sessions or three sessions. Um, I've, there's been some people that I've seen like regularly for five years, you know, and like, it just kind of depends on what the purpose is, you know, like what you're looking for. And so, um, you know, it could be a short term thing. It could be a long term thing. And usually that should be something that you communicate with your provider about like if you're going to continue that or not well and I think too like you're saying it it could be a short-term thing you may come back two years from now you know what I mean like next year oh I got something else that's going on I gotta go talk to because I felt comfortable I really like them and I want to go and process through this and get it done and over with right yeah like yeah, I definitely have had that happen. Like that, <laughs> that I'm really connected to someone for a little while. And like we're kind of doing some intensive things like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling good. And then, then maybe I don't hear from them for, could be a year, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two years even. Then I've got back in contact and say, Hey, I've had some new things pop up. I want to process this, Okay, you know? So, good. um, so that, that's something, um, I know for my counseling practice, like I do in person here in Indiana PA, and then I also offer zoom mm-hmm. sessions. Um, and then I'm, I'm a part of Deborah's network. Um, and so, but if, if you hear about me and like want to connect with me, it'd be, it's cheaper for you if you, <laughs> if you contact me directly. Right. So, um, so like, you know, that would be a thing too. So, um, I have a Facebook page at this point, I'm working on a website and I'm dragging my feet on getting it up and running. Oh shoot. I was just going to say, what's the website, Jen? It's, it's, it's not there yet. It's not. I need to change some wording on it and I keep dragging my feet about changing it. So, um, but it, that's coming at some point. I'll have that, but all right. Anyway. All right. So then the, the ever important question, Mm -hmm. um, why does it matter? Why, why is it important? Why is it important to go to counseling or to get therapy? Um, I think so that you can be the best person that you can be, Okay. you know, like you, you want to be fulfilled. You want to be, um, you want to live your, your best life. And so like getting rid of your baggage, you know, really, um, helps you to do that. So like one of the things that I think about is like when King Saul was supposed to be, um, it was was time for him to be um, coronated or ordained or whatever the word you want to be placed in, in place as the King. Um, This is a story in the Bible and they couldn't find him. And so like they, he was kind of scared about what he was, was going to do, what was happening. And so they go looking for him and they ended up finding him hiding in the baggage. Um, like, like, so in the luggage, oh, right? Wow. He's, Cause like they, they find him, he's <laughs> hidden there. And so yeah. they pull him out of them. Like, come on, you got to do what you're supposed to do. And so like, what a, what a beautiful picture for what happens in our lives mm-hmm. is that we often hide in the baggage mm-hmm. of our lives and we don't like step out and do what we are created and called to do. And so I think that going to counseling helps you to get out of the baggage, you know, so that you you can go into your situation unhindered, you know, and in a healthy state. And so, um, so yeah, so to me, the short answer is to be the best person you can be. I love that. Thank you so much for kind of sharing and walking us through this. I think it would, I think it's very beneficial for all of the the listeners just to understand that, that perspective, right. And, And to know that it, you know, it's, it's a safe space. It's a great place to go and kind of process through what you need. Yes. Awesome. So any last words? Mm, No, I don't think so. Just till next time when we bust some biscuits. Bye.